0: Well, on this uh, Good Friday, of course, we remember Jesus's death on the cross, and I just want to ask a simple question. How do you respond to what Jesus did for you over 2000 years ago on the cross Uh, right now today at this moment in your life, at this season in your life? How do you personally connect with what Jesus did on the cross? You know, it doesn't do us very good uh, if we simply read the story of the Passion and pray the prayers connected to this liturgy. It doesn't do our souls very good if we do all that, but we don't take time to reflect on what does it mean for me that Jesus did this. It's like uh, if you had a medicine bottle in the medicine cabinet that could cure you, but you didn't take the medicine, you didn't take it into your life, it's not going to do you much good. And Jesus' death and resurrection is the medicine of our salvation, the medicine of redemption, the medicine of spiritual healing and wholeness. So, I'm asking you this afternoon to take this in to your life and to reflect on what Jesus' passion and death means for you today. What does it mean, for example, to you that Jesus voluntarily died for us on the cross? It was it's clear that he didn't want to go through this. He didn't want to suffer the physical and spiritual pain and torment of the cross. And he did not approach this in a stoic manner, tight lipped. No, he cried out in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see it. My Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Somebody said the crucifixion is a unique example of an entirely and totally voluntary acceptance of extreme suffering and agonizing death in the presence of total ability to escape it. He voluntarily went through this agonizing experience, even though he had the ability to accept it. How do we respond to that? How do you respond that Jesus willingly went to the cross for you? What does that tell us about how we might face our own death and our own suffering? Jesus went to his death entrusting himself to the will of his father in heaven. What about Jesus' trial? What do you make of that? The way that He suffered injustice and betrayal. The way that they brought false testimony against Him. They spit in His face and they struck Him. His closest friends abandoned Him. Peter denied Him. On the cross, He was subjected to cruelty and mockery. And yet, He did not respond in kind. In fact, he, He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. What does Jesus' example of the way that He went through injustice and persecution and betrayal and ridicule by other people, what does that mean for us? Instead of being filled with anger and bitterness and holding grudges against other people who've hurt us, can we follow the example of Christ? When we have a desire to retaliate against others who hurt us, can we leave that at the cross of Christ? Can we leave the grudges that we have at the foot of the cross of Christ? Can we even follow Jesus in His prayer and pray for those who've hurt us? This is the way of Jesus. You know, too often I think we believe that we have a right to our grudges. We have a right to our bitterness. There was a study some time ago that came out in this journal. The Journal of Adult Development. Um, but it found that 75% of those people surveyed believed that they had been forgiven by God. That's a a great number. Three-fourths of the people surveyed believed that through Jesus Christ they'd been forgiven by God for wrongdoing, but only 52% of the same people surveyed said they had forgiven others. And only 43% said they actively sought forgiveness for the way they've hurt others. What is the example of Christ going through this betrayal and injustice? And yet praying for those who've done this to him, praying for their God might forgive them. What does it have to say to you about your grudges, about bitterness and unforgiveness that you might have towards others? What about Jesus's pain, his physical pain that he willingly suffered for us? Someone said the hands that had done so much good were taken one by one and pierced through with a thick spike. The hands that had done so much good were pierced through with a thick spike. Jesus suffered physically. Jesus suffered pain so that when we go through pain and suffering, we know that God understands. God has been there. The God that we worshipped experienced pain. We're not alone. What do we make of Jesus' final words? At the ninth hour, it says, when he cried out, My God, my God, he's quoting from Psalm 22. We read that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, Jesus feels abandoned by his Father. And here I think we come to the mystery of the atonement, of the atonement. You know, there's all sorts of ways to think about the atoning work of Jesus and how Jesus' death actually reconciles us to God. There's all sorts of models and ways to think about it. Jesus is a sacrifice for our sin. Jesus is a substitute in our place. He died the death that we deserve. Sacrifice. Substitute. Um, Jesus satisfies God's just wrath and anger against sin. Jesus has a Satisfaction for our our sin, God in his justice satisfies his own justice at the cross. So you have these different models. Jesus's death on the cross is an overwhelming demonstration of the love of God. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Another way of thinking about the cross is Jesus's death is is a victory victory. It's a victory over the spiritual forces of evil. It's the victory over sin. And so you have all these different ways of thinking about how the death of Jesus really brings us salvation. And some, I think, are closer to others in terms of the center of the biblical message of the atonement. But not one theory, no no one theory captures the total mystery of what happened when Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But I think the point for us today is that Jesus experienced God forsakenness so we don't have to. Jesus experienced, in some mysterious way, what it was like to be cut off from the source of light and life and love. So none of us in this room ever have to experience that for ourselves. In some way, there was this exchange that took place. At the cross of Christ. And Paul says it like this, that Jesus, who knew no sin, completely innocent, became sin for us. In order that we, who are sinners, might become the righteousness of God. That's the great exchange. Our sin on Jesus for His righteousness for us. And so what is our response to that? That God has done this amazing work in His Son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus died, it says in verse 51, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. From top to bottom. So this was a, a great miracle that happened here. That in the temple in Jerusalem, this curtain was torn in two. This was the curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place. It was 60 feet high and 30 feet wide. At the moment of Jesus' death, Matthew says it was split in two, it was torn in two. And what this means for us is that because of the cross of Christ, we, we don't have to be separated from a holy God. So what should our response to this be? Well, the writer of Hebrews says because Jesus did this work on the cross, because through his death, we now have access to the presence of God, let us draw near, let us draw near, let us come into the presence of God, let us press into a relationship with God, because this is why Jesus died, so that we can draw near to God and know him as our heavenly father in the full assurance of faith. So, brothers and sisters, in light of the passion and death of Jesus today, today, how is Christ calling you to respond. It's a very simple response to God. It's I'm sorry and thank you. I think that suffices in some way. I'm sorry for my sin. And thank you for what you've done for me on the cross. I think that's a good starting point. To tell him as we come to communion in a little bit. I'm sorry. Thank you. Here's a poem, though, that spells out a little bit more about how we might respond and connects it to Holy Communion. This is by Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Bell Graham. This is my body broken like bread for you. This is my blood like water shed for you. Drink it and wonder, marvel and eat. God torn asunder, man made complete. Stagger the mind at truth here revealed. Kneel and be broken. Rise and be healed. Take all he offers. Take all and give. Here's a remembering to scorch and to bless sinners partaking of God's righteousness. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will help us to take this into our lives today. We come to remember, we remember through the, the writings of, of your apostles what happened to you on that day on the cross, Lord Jesus. We come to pray, we come to share in this meal of Holy Communion, and Lord, I pray that you'll help us to make it personal today. We thank you and we praise you, in Jesus' name, Amen.